0: Welcome to Healthcare Disrupted, where conversations, topics, and innovators share how they are disrupting healthcare to change a cookie-cutter healthcare system to become more innovative, creative, and result-driven. Now, here are your hosts, Renee Lumain and Jasmine Villas.
1: Welcome back to Healthcare Disrupted. I'm your host, Renee Lumain.
2: I'm Jasmine
1: Viales. Today is May 28th, 2020, and this is our fifth episode. We have a wonderful guest today. Most of you may not know her, but her name is Sherelle T. Martin. And Sherelle is a business own owner who supports uh, those who have their company, their business, and she helped them by achieving financial management success through the administration of outsourced cloud accounting and outsourced financial controller services with over 22 years of experience in the accounting field she has gained skills and knowledge in accounting financial reporting and taxes without any further ado sherelle welcome to healthcare disrupted
0: hi i'm glad to be here thank you for having me
1: all right this time i've got your name right It's all good. It is wonderful. Well, Cheryl, uh, you know, for, you know, for most of us definitely one would like to know a little bit more about your background in finance. So I'm very curious and I'm sure everybody else will be. So if you don't mind, just share with me um, a little bit about how you got into finance and how you got to where you are today.
0: So it goes, uh, believe it or not, it goes back to high school. Um, When I was a senior in high school, I had to take a couple of electives, and I took, and for the first two, first semester, I took an accounting collective elective, and then the second semester, I took um, a computer programming elective. And so for those in the computer programming world, I learned how to code using Fortran and was like ages ago it kind of dates me but um so when I finished I kind of liked them both equally so when I went to college I was like I don't know really which one I want to take and I decided I would do computer science and, and major in computer science and programming and when I got to um college you know and I went to my counselor and they were like you know to major in computer science you uh, here you also have to take like biology and chemistry and I was like oh science Like, that's real science, and I don't like the science. And so I was like, well, I guess I'm majoring in accounting (laughs) because I don't want to deal with science and chemistry and biology and all of that kind of stuff. And so that's how I actually picked my major, which isn't the – I don't recommend that to anybody, (laughs) but it was how I ended up in accounting, um, and that's how I ended up in the field. And so from there, I, I, I ended up graduating from Bowie State, Worked at a few public accounting firms throughout the years, um, did a little corporate accounting as well, and then one day I just decided I wanted to work for myself, and so I set a goal, and in 13 months, I quit my job and been doing it full-time ever since.
1: Wow, that Absolutely. is amazing.
0: Tell me, what,
2: what's the name of the, the organization that you started?
0: Uh, when I initially started the company, it used to be, so this is a story too. So when I first started my company, I always knew I never wanted to be like Martin & Company or Martin & Associates, um, but I didn't know, I, I couldn't come up with anything. So I actually started out as a company called A&S Financial. Um, and A&S is my, me, my husband, and both my kids, all of our first names begin with an A or an S. So it was like, but I never liked it. I was like, this is contemporary. So maybe three months in, I changed the name to Empower to Thrive. And, and I operated as Empower to Thrive for about two and a half, maybe two and a half years. Mm-hmm. Um, but the whole time, I always felt like I was missing something. I felt like Um, I felt like clients couldn't find me. You know, if they're looking for financial management, they weren't looking for to be empowered to thrive. Like, that's not what they were looking for. And I had a client actually tell me that. He was like, I'm not going to Google. If I saw that, I wouldn't think that's what you did. And so um, I went on this quest. I was like, all right, we're going to change the name again. And I went on this quest. I knew a few people who used this certain mechanism to come up with their name. And so me and my daughter, who was at the time I think was maybe eight or nine, we took our names and we just tried to create any type of word that we could come up with using their names, my names, last names, first names, middle names. It, was, it took us a while. And, but we landed on Nitrum, which is actually Martin Backward's. Um, and so after I was like, I kind of like the way it looks. And then I had to come up with how to pronounce it because a lot of people say nitram, And I'm like, that sounds crazy. <laughs> and both, it doesn't even sound like a real, it doesn't sound like a right word, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I liked, I was like, I kind of like nitrum because it kind of sounds like nitro, which kind of sounds like fast and speed and NASCAR and cars. And yeah. so let's just go with that. And so that's how we ended up with, um, nitrum. Nice. That's how we ended up with Nitrum and the services that we provide are financial solutions.
1: Gotcha. gotcha.
0: The Nitrum That's Financial cool.
2: Solutions, great name. And and it's funny, I, for a very long time, did not even, this is how I clearly am not able
0: to connect things. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought everyone would get it. Like, I lot I'm not big on puzzles and figuring out codes and things, but I just knew like people were gonna guess it right away. But surprisingly not, a lot of people are like, Oh wow, I didn't know that was Martin Backwards. I'm like, really? <laughs> I
2: did not know until I don't remember we had a conversation once and said, Oh wow, oh it is Martin Backwards. <laughs> What a great way to yeah, make something your own. You're uniquely you. So that's, that's
0: Exactly. Great. It makes it it makes it a hundred percent mine. It doesn't tie it to my name. So if I decided in ten years I want to sell it, I'm not selling Sherelle Martin, I'm selling Nitrum Financial Solutions. So that was the other thing, reason why I didn't want it to be um, my name. Gotcha.
2: Such an important thing. By the way, I, I always tell practices that, you know, when they start. And I mean, it's one thing if you know your children are already going, they're already m- moving towards med school, you name it, your last name, but it's such a tragedy when you meet these practices. They've been in business for 30 years and people don't want to buy a brand that's attached to an individual. It's yeah. just right. the of People sticking around is, is very slim so i 100 percent agree i think it's great great thing to to attach to a brand that you've created custom to which makes it easier to get all those
0: domains all <laughs> <is> <laughs> <That> <laughs> and true. if i don't and if i sell it they can just take it as it is and if it already has its own branding and its own legacy and its own following like mm-hmm. they don't have to change it and shift it if they can keep going with it um, which makes it easier for people who are already connected to it or who have been following it to, to, keep, to stay connected.
1: Absolutely. Thanks. Absolutely. So tell me, what gaps in the accounting and bookkeeping industry that you see is currently occurring now, and how do you feel your company is addressing these gaps within the industry?
0: I would probably say the biggest gap is around um, technology and and how we provide the service to business owners. So you know, accounting is a is a good old boys club industry, um, and so it's very much paper and pencil. It's very much old school, um, very conservative thinking. And so the biggest gap is in is that companies and and firms and practices. You know, whether they're just basic bookkeeping or they're all the way up to full-blown CFO practices, they're not embracing the technology and what it is. And I get, you know, security um, and protection of information is, is really big, and that's I think that's the biggest reason why people are so resistant to it, but – I tell people all the time, like, you are on the internet, whether you know it or not. Somebody has posted your picture. You know, if you're over a certain, if your revenue is over a certain amount, your your taxes are uploaded electronically anyway to the IRS. So you are already out there in the space. You're using online banking. Like, you're there. You're just not, you're, I think people feel like because it's a big business, they feel more protected, which is irony because how many times have we heard about mm-hmm. a big business getting hacked yeah, right sure. even the irs has been hacked yeah. so it's like it doesn't matter your your, your size it, if it's going to happen it's going to happen um the best that you can do is try to protect yourself and be aware and and you know have the alert set up with your credit agencies and just be aware of what to do when it does happen and doing those steps um but that's the biggest thing and even now during you know, all that's going on with, with the, with the pandemic, with the coronavirus and the pandemic and businesses having to shift. Like right. I've seen it even more. Um, like how many companies actually really don't, don't embrace the technology. It's, it's yeah. back to me and not just because I initially wanted to be in computers. It's just right, right. like, it's everywhere. It makes life so much easier. It makes, it allows people to, to run their businesses more efficiently. Um, and i i like I don't even see how I could and I've done accounting like the traditional way with the paper and the the column paper and the ten key calculator <laughs> oh, like I've man. done it, and now that I do it on on the computer where one hundred percent the on the cloud, it's like i can't even I can't even fathom doing it any yeah. other way like i like I recently remodeled my office, and so I'm purging at the same time and I'm like. These 10 keys have to go. Like, why do I even And they're small 10 keys, but it's like why do I even still have them? I'm just going to use my new little fancy my little calculator and it's branded, so it's red, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're just going to use this. I don't even need these. Like, why do I still have them? I I don't even I don't even know the last time I even picked one up. So, it's just, you know, embracing technology. It, it you have to do it yeah yeah i definitely i
1: I agree with you because you know as a business owner myself um you know um like for me i manage my my own accounting but however i do use a platform to be able to do that you know but i think at the end of the day it's always nice to have uh that level of technology but also to i think having that personal interaction to, to where you can still call somebody and say hey listen you know i I have a question about something you know or, or sometime even if it's about the tax thing too you know so I think absolutely you're, you're definitely spot on on that for sure mm-hmm.
2: nice. so tell us absolutely you know, who your ideal clients are
0: when you think about what type of client you like to work with so for us our ideal client we work with we have um some legacy clients that are in uh, various industries um so we have experience working in all kinds of industries, but our ideal client is, our, is a client that's in the I call health space. So they provide, they're not necessarily um, a medical practice per se, such as like an MD doctor. but um, they, they do provide healthcare services typically um, in some sort of behavioral health aspect. Um, we also have clients who provide medical billing services Um, So our ideal clients are in those spaces. They roughly range from half a million in annual revenues up to 10 million, so pretty wide gap. Um, But those are the ones we serve. They're definitely more innovative. They're more into the technology. Um, They know that they need somebody to manage it, and they're not looking to micromanage or to – still be in the weeds because mm-hmm. we've had clients who are like you do everything and then the next day they're like hey i was in there and i did this and it's like why are you doing it that's what you pay us for <laughs> like okay. they're willing to hand it over um and and because they trust and they believe in technology and and, and they're innovative in their thinking they trust the process that we will help them get things right and then manage it in a more efficient way mm-hmm.
1: That, let me ask you kind of along with that where you said you've had clients where you know they would kind of be in the weeds uh, you know a little bit too much uh, I guess um, is, is it more of a trust thing initially with them just wanting to double check I guess trust but verify what you guys were doing or 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 is it just them truly wanting to just be in the in the day-to-day you know um, practice of of the finances yeah.
0: right to be honest, yeah. um, I think it, I, I think so a lot of the clients we so what I find is a lot of our smaller clients so the clients who are typically under 750 in revenue they're so used to being the person who does it I got like you. it's them so being able to actually let go is I think what it is. It's kind of like, okay, so we're giving you all this stuff. Oh, but I can just go do it. Or I'm in here now, so let me just see. Or, you know, anything like, I think it's just a case of them being able or ready to let go or not knowing how to let go. Um, Coupled with, you know, everything we do is remote. So, they, they they also have to adjust to how do we get the receipts to you, how do we get the bank statements to you, you know, so they also have to adjust to this um this methodology of how we operate. Um and, and it it, it can, depending on the size of the company and the complexity of their accounting, um there are some aspects, you know, where it, some things you do have to manually tell us and we try to give you the easiest way to do it, but you don't want to conform, right? So it's a combination of all of that, you know, not being the person who always did it and not ready to let go or not knowing how to let go. But also, I don't think it's a case of trusting us versus trusting the process. um, Because, you know, why would I scare my receipt and send it to you? That seems like more work. Well, it's really not. (laughs) I mean, you take selfies. If you can take a selfie or you can take a picture, period, (laughs) you can take a picture of a receipt and email it right from your phone. You don't have to even have a scanner. So, you know, it's like, I don't need, I don't even have a scanner. You do, it's on your phone. You don't even need this extra separate piece of equipment. You can do it right from your mobile device. So it's just, it's changing the way people think and operate. Um, Which is a part of our, one of our core values is trust the process. So we, and we, try to teach you and train you, but you have to trust that we're showing you a better way and a more efficient way and then kind of kinda of roll with the punches just to like give it a try. And a lot of people, you know, it goes back to what I said before. They're not willing to accept the technology and the change. And so they instinctively don't trust the process.
1: Gotcha. Right. I understand.
0: Yeah. Okay. No, great. So let's shift gears a little bit and let's talk
2: about healthcare. So This topic of resilience right now for businesses, this is a real and relevant topic, right? Trying to build uh, strong bones so that things don't crumble in times like we're encountering right now. So um, last episode, we had discussed a a study from Goldman Sachs that they did over 15,000 businesses. And they said that over 51% of those businesses would not be able to operate, did not think they would be able to operate or stay in business beyond one month, or even up to that about one month range without any revenue coming in, which is a scary thought, right? And yeah. healthcare practices, we spoke about this um, in our last episodes as well, that healthcare practices are not admitted, admitted from this. Any healthcare organization, they're all feeling the pain as well. The, the numbers had dropped, what was that? Something like 70% or so as far as volumes go in practices. So all across the country. And a huge part of the reason is people weren't going. If it wasn't an urgent matter, they were not going. Then so they, they're they reducing their schedules and seeing volumes drop. So why do you think that these practices or healthcare organizations are failing so rapidly when it comes to the 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 basics of this revenue? What, what do you think is the cause of something like that?
0: I mean, it's... It's definitely a 100% cash management, um, and, and it's not a case, you know, it's a few things rolled up into the cash management, right? So one, um, they're not, they may not have had a budget or a plan in place to help them manage to this change. Um, they may not have had any type of savings accounts set up, you know, businesses tend to not have you know, we tend to think of savings accounts for personal purposes, but not for business purposes. Right. Um, but as a business, you also need to have a savings of at least six months, just like you do for personal. It doesn't change because you're a business. Business is you as a person or an entity. So um, a lot of businesses, especially smaller businesses, you know, they're strapped for cash. They're living week to week or month to month um, on their cash flow. So they didn't have any type of reserve to help yeah. push them through. Um, And then on top of that, they're also feeling the effects of their customer's plight. So even if they were prepared, you know, if their customer says, oh, well, we're not prepared, or um, we had an instance where a client was like, like right at the very, very beginning, like week one, and their business, their client was like, oh, yeah, we can't pay you anymore because we don't know what's going to happen, like right out the gate. And it was like, whoa, we don't even know what's going to happen yet. Mm-hmm. And already they've already said, we can't pay you. And as a result, she was like, well, how am I supposed to keep going? Because that's my sole source of income, right? right? So how am I supposed to keep going? And so it, it it became a trickle effect. So, but it's, you know, it's cash management is always at the root of it. You know, a lot of businesses that keep going and they're operating, as if nothing can happen, nothing will go wrong, um, we're spending constantly without ever looking at where the cash and when the cash is coming in. Um, and that's a big factor, especially in healthcare, and especially in the healthcare where you're dealing with insurance companies, because I know there's an issue out there right now of them paying people, even the government paying people um, on time, because they have an issue in their system. and so. You know, you have to, you know, we tell people you have to, one, do an audit of your expenses and try to cut back so that you can kind of see how you can continue to stretch your dollars forward. Mm-hmm. And and also, the, the cash management is the root of it. You have to get a handle on it and a hold of it. Um, and the sooner the better, because it's way so now, like right now, we're in the midst of it. It's too late. If you didn't prepare or plan or have an idea before, then it's too late right now to kind of try to make that pick. Um, you have to, you know, not now for moving forward. But it may or may
1: not work, right? Gotcha. And you know, one thing I want to say too, because I was actually having a conversation with a friend of mine about this. Because, um, and I think I may have mentioned this in, in other conversations Jasmine and I have had. But you know, this whole coronavirus situation has truly showed me that, you know, not only are people are kind of living paycheck to paycheck, but I feel like big businesses are living paycheck to paycheck, you know, or income to income, I guess, because one month of no revenue, it crippled these large organizations. And now you have like penny and other large companies that have filed for, you know, bankruptcy. And so, and, 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 and I know from a personal standpoint, you know, there's different um, financial programs on, you know, how to, you know, build wealth or whatnot, right? Like the Dave Ramsey or whatnot. But is there something like a program for businesses on like how to, you know, you know, of course, put money in the reserves, right? Because just in case for when there's down seasons, right, when business is not coming in, you want to have enough, you know, money in the reserve to still pay for all your expenses, uh, do payroll, and take care of, of 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 all that. So, you know, for, I guess from your experience being in the industry, is there some type of program for businesses, or is that something that you feel your company are able to help and really educate businesses about?
0: You know, I don't think that there is anything that I can think of off the top of my head. But you're giving me an idea. Mm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you're giving me an idea. Um, because I don't think that there's anything yeah. out there already created, but I mean, from yeah. where, from where we stand, it it it's being in conversations with your financial person, whether they're a CPA, whether they're an enrolled agent, whether they're an accountant, a bookkeeper, like if they have the capacity and they provide that kind of that controller that CFO level of service to you, right. then, you know, it's, it, it's an ongoing conversation with, with clients. So yeah. it's kind of like, how can I continue on? Let's walk you through. Because that person, unless they're just hands off and only do your taxes, that person, you need to have the conversation with the person who is in your books on a regular basis because they know what's happening. They know your cycle. They know your trends. And they can kind of better guide you on how to make those types of decisions, when you need to make those decisions. Um, it definitely is something that someone can, I don't think, should be able to should do on their own. Mm-hmm. Kind of need that insight. And and also the sounding board, you know, because a lot of times in you're like, oh, I can do X, Y, and Z, and and that's all you see. You can't see the bigger picture. You can't see any any thing that can hinder you, can stop you. You may not know all the way resources that can actually help you propel it forward. So you do kind of need that sounding board sure. of a person. And so we we provide that through our strategy and consult conversations with clients, um, even on our regular monthly calls. A, a lot of the calls are supposed to be to go over the numbers, but they often go left and it's like, this is what's happening, this is what's going on, how can we fix it? Um and that's kind of where yeah. we feel we make us difference because I always tell people we get to know our clients and their business. So it's more of a it's more of a relationship um in the true sense of the form. It's like I can I can say clients are friends. I know about their kids, their family, their life, um I'm not just in there doing the numbers, sending them a financial statement, see you next month kind of thing. It's just not what we're about, um, and so. But having those conversations with whoever your person is is what's gonna can help you. But the idea of a, of a of a standalone product like a, like the Dave Ramsey system, I might like, check with me next year. <laughs>
1: <laughs> is, okay, some, somebody there might has next to year. be the Dave Ramsey
0: <laughs> Right. Okay, you know. Somebody
1: has to be you know. Yeah, right. So. And
0: I complain about that all the time. I'm always saying how businesses don't save or how businesses like budgeting is. Right. Cash flow management is our number one thing that we do, but budgeting is like the main thing where I'm like, why don't you have a budget? It's like <laughs> always my first question. Well, do you have a budget? And they're like, uh, yeah. no. And I'm like, well, why not?
1: Yeah, and 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 it, it really goes to show that companies operate for to well, they operate today expecting the income that they're going to get tomorrow and i think as a company when you keep operating this way i think you'll find yourself in the situation that a lot of big companies are in today right so Mm -hmm. it's like you know have money in the reserves knowing that you're operating because you have the money tucked away and you can operate you know but don't depend on money that you don't have coming in just
0: yeah all right or the debt, like a lot of larger companies, they have the debt that they, and it's kind of like recurring debt. So, you know, like a line of credit, you know, I I don't really have the cash flow right now to pay payroll. So I pull it from my line of credit. I pay my payroll and then I get my money and then I pay my line of credit back. But if you don't get the money from the client, but you already drew it to cover payroll, that's where kind of things start to kind of get a little tight and you feel like, Oh, well, wait a minute. And, and that's, that's part of it. You know, it's, it's, is relying on debt to keep the business going versus building the cash reserve. Um, And sometimes you get so caught up in the day to day. I I get it. I do. Um, But you do have to take that time to set aside and figure out, okay, so how can we build this reserve um, so that we can still have cash when we need it? So that when the taxes come due, we're not like, oh my gosh, I don't know where it's coming from. And, you know, it's being able to set aside money for all of those things. I mean
2: you mentioned earlier about the like how many how many months or weeks do you recommend that people store and have on their cash reserves available to them for business
0: i would say um you know depending on the size of the company and what their expenses are um minimally three months at least if you but the goal should always be at least six months mm-hmm. um and the biggest fact thing to factor in there is if you have payroll like if you have payroll you definitely should have at least six months because payroll will eat into your cash faster than you can blink your eyes. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just such, it's a major part of why a lot of companies are having issues, because they have people and they have to provide for these people and and if the money isn't coming in, you know, they're like, okay, well, I can't pay these credit card bills or I can't pay these other expenses. I have to pay my people. Um, And so, you know, if your payroll, especially if you have a large payroll, my goal is always you know, six months, but three months is kind of like, gives me a little bit of ease. <laughs> it's like, okay, we're not choking, but, you know, depending on how major an event, you know, you can wipe out three months of, of payroll in in no time. So the goal is always at least six months. I love it.
2: So I want to ask you about the line of credit topic, since you, you brought that up. I'm curious, because I'm sure, like you said, everybody's pulling out from line of credit and hoping that they're going to have that cash come back down the road in these next few weeks. Um, what are your, what are your obviously PPP aside? Cause that's going to, going to be forgiven, right?
0: That's a
1: whole
0: other call, a whole section.
2: But, but just for the line of credit topic, like, what do you recommend? Do you recommend people have that as a fallback at, at all? Is it uh, is it, is it an issue if your business has an emergency fund or should you have both?
0: If you can have both, ideally um, you should have both. And 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 a lot of times banks won't even issue a line of credit um, if you don't have something on in reserve because they want to ensure that they can get paid back. Um, I definitely recommend if you can get a working line of credit, get a working line of credit. Um, the benefits, you know, outweigh not having one. Obviously, the money is there if you need it. Um, because it's a line of credit, the minimum payment is always interest only, so that you can pay back the principal as you can, and so you're not strapped for cash like with a loan. You, you get all the money up front, and then you're making these regular payments. Doesn't really help you um, long term. So I definitely would recommend a line of credit if at all you can get one. But it is kind of challenging depending on the age of a business, um, the credit. You know, you do as soon as you can establish some type of business credit, establish it so that the, the banks have something to look back on and they're not just looking at you and what you have, but they're looking at the credit of the company as a whole.
1: Hmm. So, so let me ask a question. Is getting a a company credit card, would that be considered as a line of credit?
0: No, that's, that's just a credit card. Uh, a line of credit is more like the, the bank has some money sitting over here in a drawer for you and specifically okay. for you. And so as you need it, you can take it out, and then you pay it back as you can pay it back. Um, And then the money that you've drawn, you only pay interest on that piece of it. You don't pay interest. So if you have a $50,000 line of credit, but you only pull down five, you're only paying interest on the five, not on the whole 50. And if it takes you two months to pay back the five, then great, fine. You're not trying to figure out how you're going to make a, a regular payment. Uh, including principal and interest you know you're just paying the interest in the time being a credit card is just a credit card just like a personal credit card it's just it's just tied more to the business than it is you personally
1: okay gotcha i understand thank you for clarifying that sure wonderful well, so let me ask you this, you know, and I know we kind of talked about a little bit about the coronavirus and companies that really were hit hard, especially, um, you know, healthcare systems. Um, and of course, you know, the government came out with the whole, um, is it, is it PPP, Jasmine? PPP,
2: um, right. And then they have now the CARES Act, but the right. for the payroll piece of that. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. And so, you know, after kind of, no, you know, hearing all that, but so how do you see your company, you know, helping healthcare systems or physician practices during the COVID-19 and even after all that?
0: So just to clarify, the PPP is a part of the CARES Act. Exactly. The CARES Act is like the overarching, that's Got the it. law exactly. that they passed And the CARES Act is, is, it's actually, actually in the very first section of it too, it's right up top. Um, and it was designed
2: a relief fund under the care that's the one i was thinking of so cares act has a relief fund and then the ppp is that that, that correct
0: the pro- yeah yeah so it's all intertwined and so what we've done for clients is we we monitor so cash management is one of our main sticking points um but all clients don't buy into it up front you know they're like nope i just want you to do bookkeeping and i just want you to do the bookkeeping we're like okay and then eventually they're like, okay, wait, I was wrong. I do want you to do cash <laughs> budget. So, so what we've done um, for, ever since, you know, everything started, we rolled out a 90-day plan. So for the, for 90 days, we monitored everyone's cash, regardless of what service they, offer, they were subscribed to. We offered them their cash flow management. And so we kind of monitored it, um, making sure that people can stay afloat, making sure they're aware of how they're you know, how their cash flow is, the inflows are decreasing and and guiding them and advising them on how to decrease their costs to kind of make the cash stretch as far as possible. Because obviously everything happened before the government even said, hey, we have this money for you. And so it was kind of like, well, what are we going to do? And then the government came back and said, hey, we have this TPP protection. But that was a whole storm um, of events that didn't go so well initially and so it was still kind of a case of how can we help them and so we just help them monitor it over the 90 days and then beyond that if they want to continue the services they can um you know it just depends each client is different we're still providing strategy and guidance around like how can you um make your money spread how can you reduce your costs, how can you 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 pivot i hate that word but how can you pivot um and so we're telling people like if if for those who have hit really, really bad, like you have to figure out what the client's new need is because now that their business, your customer's business has changed, they might have a new need that you can su- that you can support and that you can serve. So you have to figure out what that is so that you don't lose them as a client completely, but you're able to serve them, not only just because of what's happening, but on a longer term scale. And that seems to have been the biggest thing for um, for people is like, oh, you know, we're not just, we don't have to do just this one service. We can offer this now. And, you know, a lot of healthcare has had to switch from in-person services to telehealth services. Um, and so there's, you know, we have other clients who also in the marketing space where they can provide help assist with the marketing on this, help assist with doing virtual Zooms because Zoom for us was old news. Like we've been using Zoom for at least six years. And so, but everybody else had to learn how to use it. And so that's, you know, people are building programs and, and services around that. So just figuring out how you can serve your clients with their new, because now they have a whole new problem, a whole new need that needs to be dealt with. And so figuring out how you can do that is, has been the biggest thing that I think has helped people um, kind of shift and stay relevant so that, like I said, so that they can stay afloat, their clients stay afloat. And everybody kind of—it's—it's it's not gonna catapult you. It may not bring you back up to where you were before all this started. The leak is going along until until we climb up out of it, because we mm-hmm. are gonna climb up out of it. Yes, believe it.
1: Absolutely.
0: This cannot be permanent. <laughs> right. It <You're not. laughs> can't be permanent. I mean, I don't. I work from home every day, so for me, it was just kind of. Not really, nothing really changed from a work perspective for us.
2: So let's move on to our favorite question. So as a disruptor, how would you say that you and your company are disrupting or going to change healthcare or
0: improve healthcare? Um, I would just say helping businesses continue to adjust and adapt to being in a remote. Because there are so many businesses who this is all new to. Um, so we're here, we're definitely technology forward company, and we're here to help clients help them make that transition and shift into that space. And so all I can say is like, we're here to help you do that. Um, that's our big, big push because nothing has to be done at a physical office. Nothing has to be done with, with the volume of paper that it is being done. Everything can be done efficiently and effectively in a remote cloud based space. And so we want to help businesses do that.
2: Um, I love it. Reframing accounting. I love the, this phrase, the cloud accounting. That's I, I really love that. You know, it just helps to have people shift their their thinking, especially as it relates to the you know that back office that they shove there. CFO or yeah. their bookkeeper in and giving giving someone
0: tools. yeah and just to be clear for those who don't know because people do still ask me this like what is a cloud the cloud is the internet it's just the internet <laughs> it's not some fancy schmancy spaceship anywhere it's just it's not it's just the internet it's not a computer on the moon it's yeah. just the internet <laughs>
2: um
0: fun. it's just so it's it's just a way but I surprisingly even to this even from when i first started people still ask me like what do you mean by the cloud
2: i'm like really
1: so, uh, <laughs> have to get with the program
2: right you know? I love
1: awesome it. okay well so for those who are listening to this podcast show um sherelle i got it right did i <laughs> Yeah. Okay. I just want to make sure. So I just want to make sure where can people find you? Do you have like social media website? Uh, Please share with us. So that way people will know exactly how to find you.
0: Absolutely. So if they just want to check us out on the web, we're at nitramfinancial.com. Again, that's Martin backwards. So N-I-T-R-A-M financial.com. If they want to connect with me directly, they can connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, be sure to put the T Sherelle T. Martin when you're searching me because there's a lot of Sherelle Martins apparently Um, and they can also connect with me on Twitter I'm on Twitter a lot probably more than I probably should be Um, but I am definitely on Twitter at Sherelle T. Martin
1: Awesome wonderful well thank you for uh, coming on the show we really appreciate you Uh, we felt like you know everything that you spoke about just answering our questions was really informative and so for our listeners Thank you for tuning in to Healthcare Disrupted, and uh, we'll see you on the next episode. Peace.
0: Thank you for listening. Be sure to check back for new episodes of Healthcare Disrupted. Find out more at www.healthcaredisrupted.org. Until next time.